0: Coming in as blue, do it, the that, and that scores! And
1: over at that flame bench, there's all kinds of excitement going on there.
2: Score! Flames Talk with Pat Steinberg and Wes Gilbertson on Sportsnet 960 The
0: Fan. All right, happy first Friday. It is Friday, July 7th, and we're underway this hour on the Sports Drive, brought to you by Calgary Lock and Safe. Ask how a restricted key system can keep your business safe, even through employee turnover. Visit calgarylockandsafe.com. Yes, with Wes Gilbertson of Post Media, it's Pat Steinberg along with you. Flames Talk available on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon or wherever you get your podcast. We're coming at you from our Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio. I had a great view of the parade. My uh, condo looks right out on the Ninth Ave. So I always get the uh, free seats, the bird's eye view. The Stampede Parade. It's back for 2023. And uh already in need of mixing in a water is our next guest. It's time for Francis Friday. Eric Francis of Sportsnet joins us. Um, I I guess he survived all those rum and cokes from from Thursday and the Cowboys poker tournament. Uh what's up, franchise? How you feeling? Would it have killed you to wear
1: a shirt while you're sitting up there watching the parade? I mean, God, we're all down there enjoying the parade. <laughs> You look up. What is that glare?
0: My goodness. Mix it a 10.
1: Yeah. Pasty, pasty, pasty. And just, you know, like I know you're big on, you know, leg days, but you know, maybe work in the odd app workout too, you know?
0: (laughs) Are, are we surprised that the draft is come and gone? We are now almost a week into free agency, 2023. And really, and and this is no knock on on Jordan Osterley or Brady Lyle, who the Flames have signed in unrestricted free agency, but honestly, the the one significant move that has been made since draft week in Nashville is the Tyler Toffoli trade to the New Jersey Devils. Are we surprised that that is all that has transpired over the last couple of weeks here?
1: I'd say, like sitting here right now, I'm saying, well, why should we be surprised? Like they're hamstrung by uh, two things. They have no money. And we knew that going into, the, into you know, summer season. And, and also, they're also waiting. They're just waiting and waiting and waiting for some finality on whether or not they're going to move forward with last Lindholm as a player or as trade bait. And same with Michael Backlund to a lesser extent. And then Noah Hannafin's situation has been clarified to a degree, but nothing's happened. But if we all step back and just forget about where we are right now, if you'd have told me three or four weeks ago that that's all they've done, I would have been very surprised. How about you, Wes?
2: Yeah, I I was saying kind of the same thing to Pat yesterday like if if you go back to 2 weeks ago, we we had pretty high expectations not just for what might change in Calgary but around the league, right? This was going to mm-hmm. this was going to be the first round of the NHL draft that you couldn't miss, not just to find out if the Blackhawks would take Connor Bedard, but to see all the trades and all, all the movement that would transpire. And beyond a couple of, of guys finding new homes, it's just been really quiet. E- even the first day of free agency. Yeah. There was some money thrown around, but Calgary it has been among the, the quietest markets, but certainly not the only one where we haven't seen the fireworks mm-hmm. we were anticipating.
1: No. And, and you know, forget about the rest of the league. And, uh, you know, yeah, it was very interesting at the draft. And, you know, one of the questions I want to ask moving forward is to scouts and, and the Jason Bukalas of the world and, and Sam Cosginos, like those the draft experts. Like, is this the model moving forward? I know this was a strong draft, but because teams and with science and all the coaching and everything, video, it, it, is are the drafts going to be that strong? And are picks going to be that coveted moving forward? I know this year was maybe stronger than a lot of other years in the past, but, is this the new trend where those things are more coveted than ever before? That's a question for another day, but I'm curious about the answer to that. But I did think that the players would, would have traded at least another one of their big boys, for sure. I, I thought that for sure. But I, that said, I totally think it's uh, the right tack for, for Craig to mm-hmm. just say, no, Why are we, we're we not putting false deadlines in. I think he wanted to have you know, wrapped up one of those situations a lot earlier. He didn't get the offers for Hannafin he was looking for. Okay, plan B. We wait, we wait, we wait. And I have to tell you, I have no problem going into the season with those three guys, Hannah Finn Backlund, um, and Lars Lindholm. If, if if the offers just aren't there, and I'll tell you what, everybody's hamstrung by the cap right now. Uh, you know, I, I don't think it's a terrible idea because guess what? What if you start the season well and these guys have a change of heart and say, you know what, I will take the, uh, the, the bird in the hand. And I will take your security of your six years, seven years, and the offer that you
0: gave me. Who knows? But I, I, the I think only flip is... side to that would be: what if they have a good injury. season? In okay, injury, yes, but then yeah. what about what about the Johnny Gaudreau situation, where all I of know. a sudden yeah. Lindholm's on, on a forty-goal pace again, and you're fighting for a playoff spot or you're fighting for the division lead, and then you're like, "Well, damn, we can't trade him now," and then you risk losing him for nothing. That that's the area that I think you really need to avoid.
2: I I Pretty worry well. about the distraction part of it too, and yeah. I I worry about losing your leverage in extension ne- negotiations when you've you've basically come out and said and and let me back up for a second here and say that I I think the patient approach is the right way to go. I, I think Craig Conroy could have really made some major missteps by rushing into making a couple of these trades, but when you're on record as I don't think we can let guys walk out the door for nothing. The longer you let this play out into the season, you really start to lose some leverage there in negotiations.
1: Fair enough. Fair enough. And, 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 I, and you're right. Well, you know, What if it's almost the worst case scenario that the team starts off on fire and is challenging for the division lead? Because then you're right back to where you were two years ago with Goudreau and you just can't – there's no way I – mean, there was nobody in this city that could have been clamoring for control to be traded the way his season was going. And, uh, and and you know, that would be an interesting quandary in itself, but I still think big picture, this organization's going to have to look at it a little differently, even if they're in that same scenario. Um, if they're just fighting for a playoff spot, that's another thing. That's Then it's easier to trade these guys. Not easier to find a trade partner mm-hmm. and get the value you want, but just easier to to, to justify – parting ways with even if these guys are some of your best players so it's hey, it's it's a quandary you don't want to be in no no question about it the flames are dealing in a position of weakness we knew that craig Conroy was assuming a position of weakness in general just with the cap being so tight uh and and hey uh but that's you know he's gonna earn his money the first year that's for sure we're gonna watch everything he does
0: Francis Friday, Eric Francis from Sportsnet with us here on this hour of Flames Talk. Wes Gilbertson, Pat Steinberg, along with you. Wes and I talked a little bit about this on Thursday. I'd, I'd like to, I'd like to get your thought on it as well. Let's talk specifically about Hannifin because he's the one that I think we're all most convinced they're going to move. I think I. I I would still be quite surprised, bordering on stunned, if Hannafin was a member of the Flames to start training camp. I don't think it's completely out of the question, but boy, it, it sure does feel like he's the guy who has the biggest chance of being dealt, and I think he's the one that they are most actively looking to move as we speak right now. So let's assume that the a trade does happen. I asked Wes this question on, on Thursday, because for me, I look at Hannafin, I see a guy with just under 600 NHL games, 26 years old, can be on a top two pairing on any team in this league and a top pairing on a lot of teams in this league and also can chip in with around 40 points per year. That's kind of what Noah Hannifin has turned into as a player. And so for me, if you're going to be moving this guy, you need to get a haul for him. And and you, it's got to be a first-round pick, non-negotiable almost. A first-round pick has got to be a part of this deal and something else. Now, that's coming from me talking to two other guys who cover this team and this team almost exclusively. Not like we don't watch other games, but we don't cover other teams the same way we cover the Flames. So am I overvaluing Hannafin, guys, when I say that? Like, is my return in terms of what I'm asking to get back for Noah Hannafin, am I overvaluing the asset too much? I don't think I am, but I always like to check myself in these conversations.
1: Well, I, I think your frame of reference was really solid two or three weeks ago when we were talking about Hannafin and his value. And you pointed out, you know, Dougie Hamilton was acquired by the Flames for a first and two seconds. Travis Hamnick was acquired by the Flames for a first and two seconds. The the deal for Provorov essentially involved a first and two seconds. The template's there. This guy is right in those that same category of all those players that we just talked about, Hannifin or Hamilton's at the high end of it. I would say Hamannik was at the low end of it, but right in the middle there is Hannafin and, and Provorov, and they were actually drafted two two positions uh, apart from one another in their draft. So I, I think that that's the template and that's what you're looking for. But I think in light of the question I asked earlier, like are draft picks moving forward going to be even that much more coveted in light of the fact that development of players is just that much better these days, and you uh, know. Uh, maybe you don't get a first and two seconds. Maybe what you're going to gonna have to lean into more is, you know, more of an established player involved in a trade. And I know that's certainly what the Flames are hoping for at the very minimum, forget about draft picks. They want, they need to replace this player in the lineup right away. If the mantra is still win now, which ownership has made it very clear that is still the win now mantra. So, you know, I think they need a, you know, a top 4 you're not going to get a top four defenseman back, but you might be able to get a top six forward back, I don't know, but it might not be that same template of one first rounder and two second rounders. It's going to have to be a mishmash because obviously the starting point I would assume for Craig would be a first rounder in two seconds. What do you think?
2: Yeah, I I think that's where the ask has to start is with those sort of caliber of picks. And you're right. We're probably talking about more of a hybrid deal, but yeah, um, You know, if I'm Craig Conroy, I'm adamant that there's a first round pick in there. And, and and I should point out, I I'm having this conversation, assuming that you're letting Noah Hannafin negotiate an extension with his new team. I, I think right. you, you maximize his value by not just trading a year of Noah Hannafin. Uh And so. Yes, you you want a first round pick, and and then you just sort of we and we've seen Craig do it with the Toffoli trade. We know that it's sort of a, a an idea, not just to provide opportunities for the young guys in the system, but to steadily reduce the average age on this Flames roster. They they're going to have a few guys signed into their mid to potentially late thirties, but you know if you're dealing a, a Noah Hannafin, who's still a young guy. You're still looking for a guy who is a few years younger and is ready to contribute. It doesn't have to be a defenseman, but you're looking to slowly. And I think as the flames go through this process, one of the aims has to be every time you make these deals, you want to get a little bit younger. Are you maybe taking an old guy to make the salary work for a year or whatever? Sure. But the, The pieces you're targeting are going to help you slowly turn over the age of this roster. And even in the case of a guy as young as Noah Hannafin, I think that has to be a priority.
1: I like it. I I can't disagree with that. I mean, we saw, you know, hey, the initial response to the Foley trade was, you know, predictable. Um, You know, people were outraged. And I think over time, people have realized that's actually a pretty good return in the marketplace today. But the big story to me, is that you got rid of a guy who's 31 years of age and you brought in, uh, what is did over 25, 25 or 26, yeah. 25. And, and you got a third round draft pick and it just so happened to be the guy that, <laughs> you know, all the stories are that Conrad was so excited about him more than anybody else, I think, that he drafted the other day. So, you know, I, I think that uh, you definitely got younger. You definitely got faster. You know, did you get better? I don't know. We'll find out. But over the next couple of years... I'm pretty sure that nobody would dispute the Flames are better off having Sharon Govich and a third rounder in their system than having Taylor Toffoli, who's in the midst of year two of of a five or six years, uh, you know, extension. That just doesn't make any sense at all.
0: Yeah. And also, it also guys kind of set the tone for where, you know, what Craig Conroy is, is willing to do. He was hard and firm that no, we, we can't go long-term and there just was not going to be a bridge built between where the flames were on re-signing Toffoli and where the Toffoli camp was. And, and, you know, it's it's funny because Eric, you asked him that question in the the news conference that the Devils put on after Toffoli was acquired, and you know he kind of made it as if there were no talks, and and you know, and and maybe the, there probably weren't a lot of talks for a little while because it was pretty clear that there was not going to be uh, any way they could bridge that gap. If if and that that I think is an important precedent to set in terms of Craig caught one of the first things that people were getting excited about when Craig took over was, I want to get younger. I want more younger guys in the roster, on the roster. And he did not, you know, he didn't sign the Huberdeau deal. He didn't sign the Uyghur deal. He didn't sign the Cadre deal, right? So now he puts his money where his mouth is. says, yeah, we'd, we'd like to have you back, Tyler, but we can only go two years. And I think, I think guys, that's an important precedent to set in terms of, you know, the, the type of pragmatism he's willing to work into some of his decisions here.
2: Yeah. And, you know, a second part of of this is if you're going to give the young guys opportunity, you hope they prove that they're ready and they contribute. And then you have to be able to pay them. You need some salary cap flexibility down the road to keep those guys involved. And so I think part of Craig Conroy's patient approach that's really going to pay off for this team is, you know, for the first time, there hasn't been a rush and and maybe it's not fair to say for the first time, but there hasn't been a rush to go out and, and spend any money that might be open or could be opening like the Salary cap space, especially now can be such an asset for yeah. a team as, as you rebuild your roster. And if they can, if they are offloading a couple of these guys, and we certainly expect they are, if they can leave themselves with some financial flexibility, it's going to make a big difference.
1: And, you know, I'm not taking away from the approach that we want to get younger, um, and we're going to leave roster spots open for youngsters. And it's just so exciting. You know, you guys have been down at development camp all week, and you know the big, great debate over which of the guys are the ones that you know have at least a chance at, at cracking this lineup this year. And it's going to be fascinating to see who it emerges, who emerges as that guy or those guys. But it's also out of necessity, right? I mean, they need to have people on entry-level deals making the league minimum to make the salary cap fit at this point in time. I mean, again, pending a few trades, mm-hmm. uh, could, uh, significant trades that could happen. But you, it's out of necessity. But the difference is, of course, we're not going to see Brett Ritchie uh, or his brother get signed, you know, two weeks before the season for eight hundred thousand dollars. We're not going to see Trevor Lewis, you know, get signed again, and those spots get filled in by, you know, proven veterans who, who, you know, with limited skills, it's going to be a wide open blank slate. I think that's so exciting. And I would be all for a fourth line this year of guys who have played a combined 12 games in the national hockey league or something like that. I think that would be fantastic to watch. And I do think this market is ready for a rebuild. And I know ownership's probably always just been terrified of of a rebuild and, and worried that, you know, you're going to lose out on a whole lot of season tickets and all that. I really feel like this market more than ever before. More than ever before, even dating back to before that whole young guns campaign, wants and is ready for the pain that comes with a rebuild. They it's not going to be easy and yeah, you're going to lose some season ticket holders and some fans, but I I think generally speaking, it would it the people are ready for it and want it and and you know, even though that could be a disaster for a year or two, uh they're okay with that. I really believe that. Do you guys do you guys think people are just saying they want to rebuild but not willing to put up with the pain or do you think they're willing to put up with the pain involved
0: um i i think i think we got a a decent idea of that not that long ago about a decade ago when they it didn't last as long as as it probably should have but I think people still stuck with it as, as Monaghan was debuting. And, you know, I, and, and part of it was because they had been so bad for so long there and, and had had been so disappointing. But Jerome gets traded and, and he has to be dealt and Regeer gets dealt and Kiprasov retires and that entire old guard is no longer with them, And now Sean Monaghan's this first guy that um, is, is showing that, you know, maybe there's something to this youth movement. People got excited for Monaghan's 20 goal rookie season. People were jacked up when they saw when they uh, drafted Sam Bennett the following summer, and and you know Johnny Gaudreau was coming and he scored a first goal in his debut. I, I think there was excitement. I that 14 15 season derailed what probably was going to be a longer build, but. I go back to those couple of years. I think people were pretty excited, if I remember correctly. And it's not like attendance suffered that much at the Saddle Dome. So I I think that people would be willing to endure a little bit of a longer build if there was enough youth and enough excitement that went along with it.
2: I I think this fan base has been offended a few times in in the last couple seasons, and understandably so. I, I think that that people are sick of seeing guys say, I'm not, I don't want to be here. I'm going to go sign in Columbus. I'd rather be traded to Florida. I'm not sure about coming back And and in chats with, you know, buddies or, or whoever I've crossed paths with in the last few weeks, I feel like what I hear more often than not is we want people who, you know, let's get some players who really want to be here and want to be part of the Calgary flames long-term. And I think that comes with a bit of an appetite, sorry, a bit of an appetite to take your lumps for a couple of years if it has to come to that. I don't know if that appetite is, you know, is shared with ownership, but I, I think the fan base is saying if this is, you know, if if all these guys want out, well, let's target some young guys. Let let's see what we can start building through these trades.
1: You know, I, I just want to throw one last thing in there because I know we got to go, but. You know, we, we use the word want out, and, you know, I know all three of us get asked, I'm sure, all the time, and all fans talk about it to one another, about, like, why does everybody want out? And, uh, you know, it was interesting when I asked that to Luchich the other day on my radio show, you know... The I, Eric I, Francis I heard,
0: show, which is part of the Hockey Central podcast right now.
1: Look at you, good sell. Um You know, you got a situation where, you know, and we all know a lot of the reasons why. Maybe the average fan doesn't know all the reasons why, but... You know, I've got a standard list of seven or eight reasons why I can give you right now at any given time. It was interesting to hear Lucic say it. And, you know, he he said he prefaced it all by saying he loved it here and uh, he had a great experience here. But, you know, there's not a lot to do on days off here. It's a smaller city compared to other cities. The weather, it's cold, blah, blah, blah. We go on and on. And we don't need to belabor it because I I still am such a proud Calgaryan. I hate to hear all this stuff, but reality is reality. All these young guys right now, and you say they want to be here. and For sure, every young guy wants to be here. Every young guy wants to crack an NHL lineup. Every young guy hopes to be in a city for a lot of years. But don't fool yourself. These problems don't go away. It's not getting any warmer here. I mean, global warming's helping a little, but it's not going to get that much warmer here in Calgary moving forward. Um, the arena will help. The fact that they got rid of that coach it helps. But these guys who are dying to be here and say that they'd love to be here more than anywhere else. When they get to their second contract here in Calgary, they're going to be in the exact same situation, especially if they're American-born players or European-born players. So it's a problem that's not going to go away in Calgary. The only thing that can cure it is if you build a real awesome, awesome That's what team. I was going to say. Yeah. Yep. And also an awesome program. You might not be an elite, elite team for a lot of years, but be first class in everything you do. And I do think this organization... You know, that's something that that's, they're going to strive for, too. Just just be damn good at, at you know, like like Marty Gellin was talking about, developing these players. Like, hey, all teams do it, but look at those great guys mm-hmm. that you've got doing it here in this organization. They made it attractive, a whole lot more attractive in a lot of different ways with some of the people they put in place.
2: That's that's for sure. It, it's always a shame that right about when we're about to jump into global warming, we run out of time, isn't it?
0: Yeah, you know what? Let's uh, <laughs> let's let's just keep, let's dive right in. Let's talk about climate change. Let's get here your on thoughts Flames on that talk. next week. Eric. I think we should do that.
1: Talk <laughs> about- next week, boys. Next week.
0: <laughs> uh, what uh, what's on this? Uh, what's on the first weekend Stampede Docket, Francis?
1: Uh, I'm heading out the door right now to uh, <clears throat> a party, uh, some Stampede party on the grounds, and then going straight from there to Bull Boston. Uh, I love the old bull busting. I don't know how many people listening have seen it, but if you haven't, you gotta get out there to the Grey Eagle and uh see Cody Cody Snyder's bull busting. It is it is amazing. He puts on a hell of a show, so I'm looking forward to that. How about you guys? You might you might do a little stampede?
0: I think I'm uh I think I'm Wild Horse on Friday and Cowboys on Saturday. I think that's the first weekend plan. And then I might tap from there. We got a party on Wednesday and that might be the last
2: day for me. Yeah, send me photos, boys. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: Wes is at the Winston on Friday. He's at Mickelson <laughs> on Saturday. He'll be... Uh, well, Earl Graham. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry, we don't want to interrupt your golf <laughs> there, Wesley.
0: You're one to talk, <laughs> buddy. It's, hey, it's, <laughs> I, are tea times easier during Stampede? Does it, does it help in any way, shape, or form?
2: You know, I think uh, this city's sticking around for this thanks. Stampede. I get that it feels sense. Like it. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah, that's funny you say that because I haven't been to Instapie for a couple of years. I'm always out at the lake, but yeah, you know, I, I really wanted to come back and be part of it this year. Maybe maybe it's because the players, you know, several players saying they want out. I I, I want to push. You back want in? I want in. Yeah. I want in, and I definitely want it to involve a, a bunch of rum and cokes and cowboy hats. <laughs>
0: okay, that's uh, that's probably enough for now. Bye, Francis. <laughs> Have a wonderful weekend. See yeah, you,
1: boys. We'll see you at the staff party at Wild Horse next week.
0: Yeah, we'll. Who's getting carried out of there first? Well, we'll discuss that next Friday. <laughs> bye, uh, bye, buddy. Cheers. Boys. Eric Francis, Sportsnet, sportsnet.ca. Eric Francis, Friday. He joined us on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. 15 time Consumer's Choice Award winner at 6060 Memorial Drive Northeast for pickup or delivery. Call 403 248 3344 as we start to wrap things up this hour on Flames Talk. Wes Gilbertson's on Twitter at Wes Gilbertson. We've got Cam, we've got Taylor, we've got Ben over there in the uh, studio making sure that we all get to air and everything sounds good. Um, Uh, Thank you to our outstanding producers as well. That'll wrap us up on the Sports Drive this hour, brought to you by Calgary Lock and Safe. Ask how a restricted key system can keep your business safe, even through employee turnover. Visit calgarylockandsafe.com.